and welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 54 and officially it's How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast's first birthday. Yippee! I can't quite believe how fast this year has gone and what a whirlwind of a year it's been. We have listeners literally all over the world. Heartwarming reviews and feedback which tells me you are loving the show and sharing it with your friends. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so, so grateful. And if you haven't yet reviewed this podcast, I would be eternally grateful if you took a few minutes to leave a review because this genuinely is the best way for other parents all over the world to hear about this podcast and hopefully help make family life a little easier. Today's episode is all about body image a tricky subject for us as parents to navigate. So hopefully you'll come away with some easy to implement techniques. And when we're talking about body image, we're talking about children's body image, whether we've got a child that really has no reason to be worrying about their body image, whether we've got a child who's struggling with their weight and we're struggling to know how best to navigate that and help them. So it's every aspect of body image from really young children all the way up to our older children, because in a lot of ways, it's setting those those the ground rules and the framework when they're little make such a big impact so let's start with a bit of background now one survey of 11 to 16 year olds in the uk and these studies are pretty uniform across the globe so the the data and the statistics i'm sharing are pretty much the same wherever you are but this is one particular sort of survey that i've read about found that 79% of children, so these are children aged between 11 and 16, 79% said how they look is important to them and over half often worry about how they look. 36%, that's over a third, said that they would do whatever it took to look good. 57% said they have considered going on a diet and 10% have considered cosmetic surgery. And 10% of secondary school-aged boys have considered taking steroids. Pretty scary stuff when all we want our children to really be thinking about is about being happy and enjoying their friends and not worrying about these things and particularly so young. So what are causing these extreme views and why so young? Well, there are four sort of general areas and then I'm going to go into my top tips. So let's just do from a contextualised, from a background perspective, what's causing a lot of this. Now, the first one is this, that children internalise a body ideal and that this ideal is created due to their experiences of their environment. And what then happens is as they get this information, they begin to internalise it about what their body should look like. So girls typically will talk about the need to be thin, yet still be curvy. Boys will often talk about the need to be tall and also muscular. And these ideals will come from their environment. It will come from family, it will come from friends, it will come from media, it will come from their peers. So we need to be thinking about what are some of these ideals that we want our children to be internalising from a very very young age because this survey is talking about what children are saying from 11 now obviously that 
message around their body and why it's important and how it should look and the ideal is starting from the minute they're beginning to absorb information about their environment so they're working they're internalizing a body ideal in the same way as they're internalizing you know good moral behavior it's the same as them internalizing what makes a good student at school this is all information which they take in from their environment some of which is intentional that we specifically put out there in our family but some of it is unintentional in things that we may do or say inadvertently or information our children become exposed to so that's one of the reasons why this is happening the second and this is a huge one and obviously for those of you who've been following me for a long time you'll know how I feel about this but the second one is the media that our children consume and social media that promotes specific ideals that perpetuates this notion of what it means to have an ideal body as a girl around this thinness yet still being curvy and boys in terms of being tall and being muscular it comes from the toys that our children have from a young age think about some of the dolls and these are male and female dolls, you know, from the sort of the action man and all of that sort of thing. And in terms of girls, in terms of dolls, what those images of those toys present. And when we think about sort of action men, they're always muscly, aren't they? So this is where the notion comes about. And also for girls in terms of their Barbies and other various different toys that they might play with. But also what they see in a lot of the films, a lot of the Disney films that our children then watch a lot of the movies that they watch tend to portray superheroes and villains in particular ways but talk about princesses and ideals around body image that our children are taking in from really very very young age so we know that they create this internalizing a body ideal we know that media and also social media around likes and the way that people need to present themselves and need to look in terms of social media influencers in terms of actresses actors all of these things then begin to sort of feed into this huge issue that we have with children and how they view their bodies and what is the ideal and what isn't the ideal and shaming around that so it's internalizing a body ideal the media and social media the third one where our children pick up is from parents and family members so it's what we tend to say what we tend to value and whether family members make comments whether we know that there's a whole sibling dynamic are there is there teasing at home based on strength based on thinness based on height based on hair color hair length all of these things all feed into this notion of how our children create this internalization and then the fourth one is all around what our children pick up from their peers in terms of that comparison we know is rife whether that comparison is on social media or whether that comparison is in their classrooms in their nursery or in other aspects of them at university or college is that that we are human beings and we naturally compare ourselves to others and we weigh ourselves up not literally in terms of physical weight but we place ourselves on a scale compared to that person are we of equal are we less than are we more than how do we compare in terms of how we physically look how do others affirm how we look how are comments made are we getting compliments when we look a particular way but no compliments in other ways are we teased are we bullied are comments made about how fast we are because we're not 
thin enough or are we attractive? It's all of these aspects that feed in massively. And we know that ultimately this whole notion of body images has such a huge impact on our children's confidence. And if they're not feeling confident about their body image, because they feel that they're much larger than someone else or they're shorter than someone else or their hair doesn't look a particular way or their thighs aren't a particular way or or whatever that might be that has such a huge impact on their confidence which then obviously then has a negative spiral effect on their relationship with their body and their relationship with food so we know that these are the things these are the factors that are impacting children and body image so if these are the reasons in the background how do we help our children? And I've, there are so many different ways that we can help our children, but I've tried to boil it down to five, for me, really key things that we need to be focusing in on in order of helping our children. So the first one is really an awareness piece. And it's the first one is about becoming aware of our own body image and how we feel about our bodies, because this has a huge impact as does the second point in terms of how our children begin to kind of create this internalization of what the body ideal is. So the first thing you have to do is actually just do a bit of a reflective piece, get a piece of paper out, write down what are the things that you feel about your own body? What do you like? What do you not like? Where does that come from? How entrenched has that been? Is this been something that's come about as you've become an adult? Was it something that was always there as a child? It's really connecting to how you feel because how you feel about your own body is going to impact some of the language that you use, which we'll come on to. But that is part of the information, part of that environment that your your children are growing up in. And so it is bound to have an impact. So it's becoming aware of your own body image and how you feel about yours, as well as your partner too. If you are co-parenting together, whether that's because you're living together and you're married or you're in a partnership, or whether you are co-parenting as separated parents, it's being really aware of how you view your own body. So that's number one. And that feeds into number two. So once you've done that, it's evaluate and reflect on the language you use about your body. And this is really key. So I can genuinely most of my memories of my mother talking about her body was always critical um, and in fact probably I remember a lot of my childhood with uh, being peppered with various different diets that my mother was going on she went on the cottage cheese diet she went on the cabbage soup diet you know you name it the Atkins diet I can't remember what they were all called but I certainly have a very very vivid memory all through my childhood of my mother always on a diet, always talking about her body not being enough, that, you know, that she always used to be thin and then then she had children and her body bloated and how she was dissatisfied with it. And there was always this diet or this exercise regime or something that she was doing to try and alter it. There was never a narrative that I certainly remember from when I was growing up where my mother was ever happy with her body. And I would hazard a guess, and again, I say this with love, that the language that we use and what we say out loud to our children is probably super, super critical of our own body. Maybe we don't like our thighs. Maybe we think, well, 
boobs are too big. Maybe as men, we're talking about not being physically strong enough. and um, We're not muscly enough. We need to go and work out at the gym to build up muscle. Whatever it is, we are communicating to our children through our language, our own dissatisfaction with our body and our own belief around this body ideal that is dysmorphic, that is not real, is not healthy. It's not really about promoting a body ideal that is about our bodies being the vessel that carries us, that allows us to be physically active, that allows us to be energized, that allows us to communicate with others, that allows us to do all of the things that we want to do. So it's about changing the narrative in terms of rather than the snapshot of what it looks like or the number on the scale, what is it that I'm doing with my food and my fuel that allows my body to do what I want it to do. So we move away from a number and any number, whether that's a number in terms of our height, a number in terms of our weight, a number in terms of any measurement that we have around waist, a number around the size of clothes that we buy. It's really beginning to change that. And if you do nothing but do those first two points, you will make a significant impact to how your child views their own body image and their relationship with their body, because it has to start with us. Children are much more likely to do what they see than what we say. So if we demonstrate self-love around our bodies and gratitude about around what we have, then that will make a profound impact. Now, that doesn't mean that if you know that your body isn't as healthy and as fit as it should be, and that you need to start reflecting on your own relationship with your body but also your relationship with food there is nothing wrong with modeling that but it's using a language that connects what your body does rather than what your body looks like and that is such a key distinction so the first two things that we we need to start with these it absolutely has to start here first are becoming aware of our own body image evaluating and reflecting on the language that we use and working out, how am I going to change this? How am I going to change the narrative and what I say out loud? And actually what I think I'm not saying out loud, but I'm doing in my behaviour because I'm changing what I eat compared to my children. Or I'm saying language around certain food groups that I'm abstaining from or I'm having less of or that I'm using words diet. So it's just becoming aware of that. The third one where we start shifting the focus away from us and thinking about the language that we use in terms of our children is let's promote the concept of being fit without talking about being fat. So we're talking about what it what does it take for my body to feel fit? What are the things, what are the active ingredients? And this isn't just food, but what are the active ingredients and components around having a fit and healthy body that allows us to be able to do what we want to do, to create the energy that we have to help that with that clarity and that mindset, rather than talking about what size we are. And that's a really healthy way, particularly where we've got children that we know are probably carrying less, are carrying more um weight than they ought to be carrying because we've not necessarily promoted this notion of being fit and active and instead maybe we've tried to broach the subject in ways 
that maybe has created this view that our child feels that they are fat, for example, or maybe they've been teased about being fat. Maybe that's part of the issue. But what we need to do is move away from the number around their waist, their clothes size, their weight, and actually start promoting this concept of being fit. How can we be fit? And actually ask your child that question. How can we be fit? What are the things that help us stay fit? And then you can begin to understand what internalization has your child already got around being fit? What does that look like? What does that mean to your child? And to discuss any of those disparities. So it's becoming aware of our own body image, evaluating and reflecting on the language that we use about our body and changing and shifting that and becoming much more aware of the language that we use and shifting our language so when we talk to our children we're promoting a concept about being fit and our body being a vessel that allows us to be fit without talking about this notion of being fat or weight or anything like that. The fourth one is about talking about healthy choices so talking to our children very specifically about everything that they do is around choice because ultimately and I'm no expert in terms of nutrition but what In essence, what we're trying to do is help our children understand that there is a balance, that we don't need to go to any extremities in terms of what we eat and what we don't eat, but it's all about healthy choices. If I choose this, then what might I need to choose to offset with that? But it's talking about healthy choices, for example, around water, that water is one of the key important ingredients that our body needs so it's why do we drink water why is water important well water is important because a huge proportion of our body is water our brain needs water in order to be able to process information our we need water in terms of our energy levels so it's talking about things such as water talking about food as being fuel it's something that we take in that fuels us not only physically but also mentally our brain needs food and that some foods are better in terms of switching on our brain quickly than other foods it doesn't mean that other foods are foods we should never have but it's always about this balance it's about making sure that our body gets what it needs in order to do the things to keep us physically and mentally alert and awake and fit whilst also reducing the other fuels that our body doesn't that just needs less of, that it doesn't necessarily help us feel energised. So it's talking about water, it's talking about food as fuel. It's also talking about portion sizes. What is a reasonable portion size? And particularly around food, what we do know is that our consumption of food and the way that we consume food is really important. So our brain takes a while to recognise that it is consuming food and it takes a while in terms of being able to recognize that it is full so making sure that when we that we create healthy environments in which in which to eat food so that we are eating at a table we are eating together where possible that our children are not eating and being distracted so that's not to say that we can't have tv dinners but let's reduce those because actually if we're having tv dinners And we are watching something else and being distracted and not really being very mindful or fully present in the food that we are consuming. Then what happens is our brain doesn't realise that it is there's always this delay in terms of it feeling full. If it's then also distracted, it could be that we end up eating more than we actually need not because we're being gluttonous, but because we've not allowed ourselves to be fully present 
in that moment with our food so that we are then able to recognize when we are have had enough so it's get it's really important that we make sure that we do these sorts of things so it's being really clear around talking around portion sizes and also why some foods are really great for our energy and our well-being and some foods are not quite so great and this is when we're talking about healthy choices this fourth point it's not about being dictatorial with our children it's not about lecturing them it's helping them understand and seek out the information together find out more why is broccoli so great for your brain why are berries really good why is water important what happens when we consume large amounts of sugar in terms of our energy levels and how do we then offset that? So it's not about, I don't, I think it's really important when we're talking to children about body image that we don't villainize any food groups, that what we don't create this sort of notion that these food groups are really, really bad and these food groups are really, really good because then potentially what you're then doing for some children, particularly when we're talking about eating disorders, is that we then create this sort of you know minimizing and completely excluding certain food groups we want to make sure that our children understand that healthy choices are around balance that we can have things that we particularly want to eat and i would certainly talk about changing the language away from treats so we often talk about you know i don't know having sweets as a treat or maybe having fizzy drinks as a treat, but instead, because then that makes it sound like they're the really good things to have. And actually broccoli and Brussels sprouts and vegetables and all of these other things are not treats. They're just like, they're not very nice foods. So it's just making sure that when we're talking about healthy choices, we talk about this notion of balance and why certain foods are particularly good at helping us fuel our body and feeling energized and feeling super bright and alert and able and capable of dealing with anything and why other foods might sometimes give us a little bit of that slump afterwards might give us a bit of that instant energy but then may give us a slump and how we can then balance both of those things and becoming aware and educating ourselves together so the four tips so far are become aware of your own body image which is so so crucial so it's connecting yourself being honest with yourself it might be a difficult conversation with yourself but until you deal with that you can't then begin to evaluate and reflect on the language that you use about your body that your child and your children are taking on board and that is part of internalizing their own bodily ideal the third thing is about promoting the concept of being fit generally without talking about fat so we're taking away this notion of actually any measurement of things and then talking about healthy choices and why those choices are important so it's educating the whole family and sometimes that becomes an education process for you you suddenly discover things that you didn't know And then the fifth one is got to be around teaching your children to be critical of the media they consume. So let's help our children become media savvy. So young children, it can be about beauty ideals. So if you're watching films, talk to them about why certain imagery is there and why that ideal is not necessary is isn't relevant to today a lot of i know that i'm picking particularly on disney here but a lot of the sort of the films that we've got these disney films that have this perpetual life that our children are still watching obviously come from ideals that were a long time ago that are 
no longer relevant in the narrative of our children so let's talk about that let's let's talk about princesses and the thinness in terms of body and when our children are squabbling over playing with certain dolls because one looks prettier than the other let's pull them up let's have a conversation about why and that this isn't necessarily true and begin to talk to them about what is much more important about our bodies which is this whole idea of them being fit about making healthy choices and what our bodies help us do rather than necessarily how they look And let's also talk to our children about airbrushing in magazines. Let's talk about photographs. Let's talk about filters. Let's talk about advertising that links products and body image ideals to happiness. Because we so often hear and see this. It's this notion, even in adults, if when I lose this weight, I'm suddenly going to be happy. Well, actually, that isn't the case, is it? It's about our narrative. It's about what we say to ourselves. It's about how we fuel ourselves, how we feel inside rather than necessarily outside and so we have to begin to teach our children that the media and that they consume is not reality that this model picture in a magazine has been airbrushed has been tinkered with has been you know manipulated so it looks a particular way and isn't actually how that person looks like in real life and also in terms of what they're consuming in terms of social media and talking about filters that are used to make people look different ways and really helping our children become savvy to this all of the information that they're taking in that helps build this internalization of what an ideal body image is like is actually that's their lies they're not truths they're not actually consuming the real thing and then helping them begin to affirm aspects of their body that they love that their strength in their legs is about it helps them run and become super fast that the strength that they have mentally in their brain allows us allows them to be quick thinkers and creative in terms of their minds it's helping them see the beauty and the strength and the qualities that they possess rather than in that comparison with others so just to recap the 5 r becoming aware of their of our own body image evaluating and reflecting on the language that we use about our body because that begins to create the internalization that our children have promoting this concept of being fit without talking about being fat talking about healthy choices and why some of these healthy choices are healthy and being really key on those and then teaching our children to be critical of the media that they can consume that they consume that surrounds them constantly so that they're able to be savvy and to be able to discern what is real and what isn't real so my give this week is these top five tips these top five strategies in a checklist with space to reflect underneath particularly the first two are probably really key and you will probably need additional space to do that and the idea is that it serves as a reminder but also a tool that you can practically use so as usual go over to my free resource library drmaryhand.com forward slash library where you'll find the link to download the resource All you need to do is pop in your email address and you can get instant access not only to this week's resource, but all the other resources, all the other free resources across all my other podcast episodes. As ever, if you have enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could follow and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time. (music) 